I'm at the grocery store. Actually, I'm sitting on a plush seat inside a tiny movie theater that's tucked between the France and Spain sections of a grocery store, about 25 miles north of Cincinnati, Ohio. In 1988 is when we really started taking a little bit of gamble with the craziness of jungle gyms and niche marketing. We added palm trees. We built the animal scene out in front. People said, you're crazy. Why do you want to put so much money in that? But I wanted to see what would happen if I could make a store that's entertaining and fun for shoppers. I want shopping at jungle gyms to be fun because I enjoy myself. I work 80 hours a week over there. There I am playing shopping cart bingo where you pay three or four of a kind on your register tape and you win your groceries free. I love my customers. There, this lady here, see this lady right here? See that big smile on her face? She just won $350. See my face? I'm not smiling anymore. She's smiling. The voice in the movie belongs to a man named Jim Bonaminio, although he's just known as Jungle. He's the owner of Jungle Jim's International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. And even though he's still at the store all the time, he can be a little hard to pin down. So this movie, which plays on a continuous loop at Jungle Jim's, is the closest we'll get to hearing from the man himself. Welcome to The Distance, a podcast about long-running businesses. I'm Waylon Wong. On today's show, we explore how jungle gyms make grocery shopping fun, and in the process, push the boundaries of what a supermarket can be. The Distance is a production of Basecamp. Basecamp is the better way to run your business. It's an app for communicating with people and organizing projects and work. If you're feeling overwhelmed by email, chat, and meetings, give Basecamp a try. Sign up for a 30-day free trial at Basecamp.com slash The Distance. The evolution of the jungle. Here's how it all got started, folks. 1971 Erie High Street, our first fruit stand on a vacant used car lot. We put together stands from old camper tops from the junkyard because the city of Hamilton wouldn't give us a permit for roofs. Hi, my name is Jimmy Bonaminio. I work at Jungle Gyms International Market. I am the director of the creative services department. And you're also the son of the founder. I'm also one of the sons of the founder, yes. The lore is that, you know, he's 20, he's 21, he's hustling, he's buying produce. He's running in and out of coolers down at the bottoms, the place he used to buy produce in Cincinnati. And he's running in and out, he's sweating, and he's going in coolers, and he comes out, and there's just steam emanating from him, you know, in every direction. And some bystander saw him and said, Daddy, who's that? And the father said, that's Jungle Jim. Who, I don't know. <laughs> hey, who's that good-looking guy? There I am, look at that black hair. Man, those were crazy days back then. I get up in the morning about three o'clock in the morning, I go buy the produce, I come back to the stand, I do the chalkboards because that was our only form of advertising. Jungle and his wife Joni moved the business from lot to lot during the early 1970s, at one point converting an old gas station behind the produce stand into their home. In 1975, Jungle opened a permanent location and started to add more categories of groceries as customers requested them. In the 80s, he like just out of the blue created this waterfall jungle scene outside of the store. And that's really when the store took a turn to become like more of an attraction from a cool farmer's market to this wild place. We had palm trees in sand that they would bring up from Florida every year and they would last for about two years and then they would die. They would get another load of palm trees. 
they didn't grow here, but we kind of pretended like they did grow here. As the exterior of the store took shape, the inside of Jungle Gyms also started to look radically different from your typical American supermarket. The cereal bowl band is on a boat. The best part, this, is, this boat is also the seafood department's office. They're inside the boat. They're inside the boat. <laughs> With like the cereal band yeah. playing on top? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, sh- I'll show you the office as you can see because it's, it's kind of a, it's pretty wild. <laughs> That's Jared Bowers, who handles Jungle Jim's newsletters and social media. He's giving me a tour, which includes a stop at the Cereal Bowl Band, featuring a trio of animatronic breakfast cereal mascots playing instruments. Other notable fixtures include a talking Campbell's soup can on a swing, a lion singing Elvis songs in the candy department, and a Marilyn Monroe statue with a little fan behind her skirt over by the wine. The eclectic decor is a reflection of Jungle's personal aesthetic, but it's also a major part of what draws shoppers to the store. Visiting Jungle Gyms is like going to a mini theme park, and because the interior is constantly changing, there's always a reason to go back. Jared didn't discover the Marilyn Monroe statue until recently. I was a little surprised when I walked down and saw it because everybody was like, hey, did you see Marilyn downstairs? No idea what you're talking about. Things just pop up and we go, wait, where did that come from? Like, I think our toy store, because you have a toy store, obviously. I'm pretty sure that's moving over here. The pharmacy and all of that's shifting. We have a post office. I think that's moving somewhere else. I mean, like, this whole front section of the store is going to be a completely different thing. I jokingly say that Jungle Gyms just kind of happens every day, and I don't think I'm that far off. I don't even want to go as far as to say it's organized chaos, because some of it is very disorganized, but it works somehow. And it's, it's awesome to see it kind of happen day to day. Every department's kind of its own thing, and you feel like you're walking through different stores as you're walking through just this one big space. You don't really realize it until you leave, and you're like, I was just assaulted by so many sights and sounds and things and smells and tastes. And you're either kind of like, yes, let's do that again, or I'm good for a little while. We'll come back in a couple months. One thing you have to know about Jungle is that he loves junk. Some of the large-scale fixtures in his store are custom-built in a dedicated workshop across the street, but other pieces are things that Jungle picked up for cheap. Outside the store is a real working monorail, which we bought from a safari park in Ohio that was decommissioning the ride. There was no track, so that was kind of a bear. Yeah, it was like a couple bucks or something. Like, well, you just haul it off, you can have it. We built the track for it massive amount of work there and we didn't we haven't completed the ring yet you know maybe someday but it's supposed to ring the property so that's kind of an allegory for how the store works like little by little sometimes so yes it goes up and back from our event center to the train station but then we might change the train station to something else we have ideas about making that something totally different so where does the monorail fit into that future who knows it's sort of like everything's constantly in flux the boat in the seafood department is really cool and jungle personally went down to florida and did some boat shopping and found like a big junker and had it shipped up here they built one of the additions around that boat because it was so big so and then realizing that all of these we call them attractions like the large-scale decor those things help the shopper navigate the store so i i see what it is now and i see why they're there That's the thing about Jungle Gyms. On one hand, it's like a protean organism where an impulse junk purchase can reshape the structure of the business, and even employees are surprised by what's happening on a daily basis. On the other hand, there is a bigger sense of purpose underlying the chaos. 
there's nothing coming from the top down saying do this do this this it's sort of like these little pockets of energy and it all kind of swells up and affects everything else and then we make it through a day and we go on to the next day my mom has told us when we got married your father told me i want to have the biggest grocery store in the world so there was a vision for sure but we weren't really privy to that till much later In 2001, Jungle Gyms opened an event center for its food festivals and to rent out for corporate functions and weddings. In 2012, it opened a second supermarket in Cincinnati. Both locations anchor big strip malls, and Jungle Gyms leases storefronts in those strip malls to tenants like chain restaurants and retailers. This puts Jungle in the real estate business, and the retail complexes he's created around his stores are part of his bigger vision to keep growing, even if that mission is communicated in far more subtle ways to his employees. It's all about energy to him. You know, are we creating the energy? Are we creating the energy? I think he says if he can make grocery shopping fun by adding all these peripheral things, and even just in the grocery department, it's fun to shop there. There's weird and odd things in there, and the selection we carry is much more than you'd see anywhere else. On our grocery store side, let's be energetic. On our event side, let's be energetic. Let's just make it so people really love coming here. Jungle Gyms has a supersized selection of the kinds of products you'd find at a typical American grocery store, but it's known for its international section, where over 70 countries are represented. It's an unexpected oasis of food diversity in a metropolitan area with only a small foreign-born population. I think I see it more than anybody else. People from their countries of origin will come in and they'll see something and be like, I haven't had this since I lived at home. You know, and it's a big deal to them to be able to find that piece of home even if they've traveled abroad and had an experience that was really kind of, you know, life changing and food's a big part of that, they'll come here and be like, I didn't know I needed this as badly as I needed this. You know, you get this flood of memories, this like flood of nostalgia that's just kind of built into what we do here every day. And it's just awesome to see. Looking back, I can see how it happened. You know, he went to college down here. That was how we got down here from Cleveland. Started a produce stand in kind of the biggest city-ish area, kind of close to the college. And started to build from that and then, you know, had employees as it grew. At one point they said, Hey jungle, we have to drive to Chicago to get some products that are not sold around here. And he said, why don't we try to bring them in and see if they sell? So the fact that we weren't in a very diverse area, I think is why the store exists here. I think it actually kind of helps the place and we've changed the environment. So this store has a way to kind of be transformative, which is cool. Both Jared and Jimmy are always trying new products, like instant coffee from Colombia or cardamom cream sandwich cookies from India. But Jungle? He actually prefers banquet pot pies, the kind you heat up in the microwave. That used to be a big thing, like, don't tell anybody that he's like that. But yeah, that's very much him, and it's always been like that. He's he's a businessman, first and foremost. He'll say that produce is a poor man's business, you know, at least maybe in the 70s. You could... You could buy produce relatively inexpensive and you could sell it relatively inexpensive and make a little money in the process. So yeah, but he's a simple guy for sure. And I think what he likes is creating energy and the people and customers. And so it just happens that it's produce. And that's part of the reason that there's all this decor around here because he really likes collecting all that junk and kind of refurbishing it and just making this place wild. The products and the produce are sort of secondary to him but we expect a lot of our managers and stuff to keep the quality high and all. So there's a lot of energy that goes into that part of it. But for him personally, yeah, pot pie is just great. A little bologna sandwich. Produce may be a poor man's business, but for Jungle, it was never really about the fruits and vegetables anyway. It was about making something as mundane as grocery shopping into a form of entertainment. 
Today, you can visit Jungle Gyms just for its cigar humidor, for its annual hot sauce festival, for a class at its in house culinary school, or for a slice of Iberico ham, one of the most expensive hams in the world. The store offers all of that, alongside a traditional produce section where the signs are hand lettered the way Jungle did his chalkboards back in the 70s. Yeah, I think we have a grocery store within this whole experience. So we have a grocery manager that's buying Tide and trying to buy at the best price, just like a Safeway or some other store would be doing. And that's all he does. He's committed to that. And he doesn't worry about the events and the stuff that are happening. He's the grocery guy. And then we have, like you said, the events. We have an event center. They're not worried about grocery, what groceries buying. They don't think of us as a grocery store. They think of this place as an event center. So every department is kind of doing their own thing, and it creates a really interesting mix of attitudes and experiences. I think we do think of ourselves as a grocery store, first and foremost, but we've layered in all this other stuff and we spend a lot of time on those layers. So what is it? Good question. I put this story together to let you know that we're not a big corporation. We start on the bottom and work our way up. And if you young people out there have an idea or a dream, don't be afraid to go for it. If you get knocked down, pick yourself up again and keep on going. If I can do it, you can too. And just believe in yourself, and your dream will come true. Oh, and by the way, make sure you have fun along the way. See you folks in five minutes for another show. The Distance is produced by Sean Hildner and me, Waylon Wong. Our illustrations are by Nate Otto. Special thanks to Malia Jackson for telling me about Jungle Gyms. It's been a while since I groveled for ratings and reviews on iTunes. So if you like our show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It takes just a second and it helps us get noticed by more listeners. The Distance is a production of Basecamp, the app for helping small business owners stay in control of projects and reduce email clutter. Try Basecamp free for 30 days at Basecamp.com slash the distance.